Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes and with me, the gang is back together. It's Jansen Miserick and Peter Donahue. Guys, it's been so long since the three of us have been in a room together. Safely distancing. Yes, yes. The quarantine, you might call us now. Uh, I love that name. <laughs> We're here for kind of a an impromptu podcast. Um, a few... Months ago, before COVID hit, we did a, a half-baked ideas podcast mm-hmm. with Jansen and Coach Andrew and Steve. Um, we kind of threw out some ideas we had for the game of golf, and and these these ideas are, are half-baked ideas. They're you know a cookie. You know the the recipe says twenty minutes, but it's only been in there for about ten minutes. So there's a little thing to them, but maybe it needs a little bit, a little more time in the oven uh, before uh, it's ready to be consumed or to be. Uh, you know, out into the general public. Um, as we get going here, um, I want to make known again that on that first Half Baked Ideas podcast, one of my ideas was no rakes in the bunker. <laughs> I knew you were against. And the coronavirus has basically made no rakes in bunker become the norm. And so I just wanted to hear you guys' you know, reactions from having played golf all summer with not really rakes in the bunker. Has it has it been a disaster or, or has it been okay? It's been okay. I I originally in the podcast, Andy, I teeter tottered on at first agreeing with you and then I retracted my statement and said, you know what, being the bunker Zamboni here at the cube, I am gonna set the standard of raking bunkers nicely and I like the aesthetic of a nicely raked bunker. I think it really um it's a, it's a nice look, but obviously it's it's out of all of our control now, uh, and in fact that uh, you know the bunkers can't be raked, and it's it's not as bad as I thought it would be. So, also with the rule that is kind of in place of having a one stroke or not a one stroke a one club length that you get a little bit of relief from if you're in a footprint or something like that, isn't necessarily too bad. So I like it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a ver- very interesting uh, question. I think that um, I like the idea of, of taking care of bunkers like you do. I, I think that, that looks great. Uh, but I'm, you know, as I've been thinking about it since I just heard it, uh, um, that uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, if you're going to play in a, in a golf tournament or something that really counts, I think you'd, you'd like to have the bunkers rake. But things are kind of casual now. And so if, I mean, for me, the rule is, you know, however it goes in there, you know, simulate the lie. If you think it was buried, well, then I'd take, use your foot, smooth out a thing, throw it in there, yeah. right? Or if you're not up to that, you know, give yourself a good lie and, and meet the challenge that you can meet. Sure. You know, I think that uh, that 
you know, with the relaxation of the rules, you know, going to be like, hey, we're just going to drop it where it goes out and we're not going to, you know, do, you know, we're going to relax some stuff. I think that, that I hate bitching about the fact that people aren't using the rakes, mm-hmm. you know, and now if, now if you can improve your lie, you know, or, you know, as I said, recreate whatever you think would be appropriate, then I've, let's know, ever put the rakes back. Yeah, it's if if you could imagine an alternate world. Well, I mean, I'm sure this world did exist at one point where there weren't rakes in the bunkers, and the bunkers were bunkers. Could you imagine after like after having played for you know four months with no rakes, if that was the norm for like 30 years, would anyone be like, hey, let's buy 150 rakes and put them in, in the bunkers at every course? Would anyone right. do that? It'd be, it'd be the silliest thing anyone's ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the cross the the thought will cross anybody's mind anytime soon. So, why put them back? Put I them still back? get a I still get annoyed with just seeing some people that really dig their feet in there and then just have the audacity to walk away from that. It's like smooth it out just a little bit with your yeah. foot, you know. Especially because you're maybe you actually are spending a little more time in the bunker, not raking, but maybe like taking your relief or simulating the lie, like you're saying, Pete. Well, this is what they do you in know. Pine Valley. I mean, there are no rakes at Pine Valley. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those places where, you know, you feel like you're in a place that's calling you to be responsible. So, you know, people do the utmost they can to, you know, use those feet to sweep over yeah. and smooth things out. And, yeah, I mean, I think that part of it is, you know, big, deep, big, deep, um, you know, footprints are, are like, come on. Yeah, you know, get down there with your hands if you need to, and push that thing back. It's like stepping in wa- uh, wet concrete, you know, yeah. and then not smoothing it out. Yeah, come on, <laughs> it's there I mean, for what eternity. What kind of a rube are you? <laughs> All right, so we ready for the new ideas? We're ready. Bring it on. Okay, first we'll start. Yeah, silly, serious, silly. Okay, that's okay, kind of I like that. That's good. The order. first one is called Live Hazards. This was developed on a you know in a lesson with one of my dear students, Sam Epstein. And we were just thinking about, there was actually, we were at, at Canal Shores on hole 11, and they were doing kind of a controlled burn of a lot of the trees that they had cut down. You know, there's that big pit there, and there's this huge fire going. And we're like, what if that fire was just a little bit more incorporated into the golf course? So hole 11, instead of being a 165-yard par 3, imagine if... 50 yards from the green, there was just this blazing fire 20 or 30 feet in the air just at all times that you would have to hit over. You just get excited for that hole, like the fire hole. could have other holes um, like, like geysers where water, instead of just being a water hazard, water would shoot into the air that you'd have to hit over. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have a, you know, a river of, of lava, potentially, hot lava. Yep. Okay. Um, and then, but then my favorite one is uh, quicksand bunkers, and so <laughs> the bunkers are made out of quicksand, but they're a special design of quicksand where the ball, after being hit into it, will sink in about ninety seconds. Okay, so if you're hitting, you're two hundred yards from the hole and you hit it into a greenside bunker, you have ninety seconds before that ball is gone. So now you need to start oh you need to start running up there to get the ball or it's going to be gone. Um the end. Life hazards. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I go I really love the quick 
quicksand. I mean, that is a terrific. This yeah, you could just lose your life in full yeah. stride. To get to <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of a Devil's Island, you uh, know, the golf course on the, yeah. the TrackMan simulator yeah. Yeah. of the, the made-up like, golf course. Pit bull stuff like that, like oh yeah, um, dogs, some hyenas. Hit, hit it, hit it where, yeah, oops, you're gonna go in there and hit that thing. Yeah. Uh, trees with pythons in them or you know things yeah. like this i mean really well, i if, don't think you want to so the quicksand i mean the, in mean my design oh you're a sportsman this is like a three inch quicksand so it's not going to take a person but it is going to take the golf ball oh and my. so oh, okay my. yeah yeah, yeah. well okay. that that changes the whole thing. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> not too many waggles in that bunker. yeah exactly <laughs> it's going to speed up so you, yeah. go, you can go to the imagine going to these golf courses and be like i have a solution for your pace of play problem yeah. it's yeah. you know it's going to cost probably you know a billion dollars in research and development but we're going to get these quicksand bunkers and it's going to speed up pace of play because people are start running I think so. I do think so. And I think that, that things like, uh, you know, the, the burn and stuff like that, I mean, I think that that's a, I mean, that's not the same feature. It's not quite the live hazard, but it really is. It's kind of like Disneyland or like golf as like, hey, come through our community. Yeah. Because, you know, there's guys that are over there throwing sticks into the flame and stuff like that. And there's always a hello and you talk to them about what they're doing. And I mean, it's a real feature out there. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, we could call that something else. We could call that visiting community <laughs> golf. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me, too, of... Um some of these golf courses that are near the landfills and they'll fire off some fireworks to scare all the, uh, the birds away. Um, wow. you ever seen that? No, they did it. At, they've done that at Shepherd's Crook a couple uh. of times where you just pow, pow. And you're like, you see like in broad daylight, you see some sparkles up in the air and then you see all these birds flocking away and, I don't know why they do it, but yeah, they'll shoot fireworks off. That's Brilliant. pretty, it's pretty exciting. You well, know? I there's mean, Disneyland right there. It really adds yeah. to it, doesn't it? I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. Don't you like, uh, the, uh, down in Florida and different places and up in here too. You know, you go up into Wisconsin, you see those sandhill cranes. Yeah, and I mean they are. Mm-hmm. I love to listen to them, and they're the they're the great greatest goofy creatures in the world. You know, well anyway, that's not quite that's not quite <laughs> hazardous. But you know, I mean, it's nature land, isn't it? It's like what do they yeah. have? What is it at Disney World? Animal Kingdom. Oh, Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. There mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You can play golf in Animal Kingdom. See, there's, there's your half-baked idea with golf yeah. with giraffes. Yeah. And here's our safari. coyote yeah. family over here. Yeah. We safari bring them golf. To the, you know, yeah. fence every day, and they this is together. This is turning into, like, um, one of those computer games, uh, like Zoo Tycoon. Uh, you know, or a roller coaster tycoon where you build your own amusement park. And you oh, can, I see. Yeah, you know. You could build your own, yeah, your own golf. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Oh, and you knew, you know, you could have, yes, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Well, <laughs> we've seen That's the impossible. movie. <laughs> we've seen the movie. It always ends the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, we we end up dead in Jurassic Park in this this fantasy, which is not you know. Well, not forgive me for taking us. It's great <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. Well, I'm all about it. Life hazards, cool. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. You're in. Mm-hmm. Do you think feas- feasibility out of ten? I mean, you know, another another thought. Not to get on another tangent here, but this uh, is the whole. This is a. Po- that's what this, this is true. Is <laughs> this for. is tangent yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. When when I think of like geysers and quicksand and fire and and water, you know, earth, wind, and fire, yeah. um, you know, like rushing rapids, you know, from hole, and maybe like that's maybe this is a branch off of my half baked idea of the the conveyor belt cart paths is maybe there's you know white water rafting as the cart paths that you could you know use throughout the golf course that would be pretty fun. That that would be an amusement park ride, uh, and you're playing around a golf. I think getting that's in and great. out. That'd be I'd pretty like cool. I'd like a pony cart. I think a pony. Oh yeah. What pony. if it's like different, you know, different holes from like it's a walking course, but from green to the next tee box, they have just different means of transportation. Mm. Yeah. So zip one lines. hole could be yeah, yeah. a zip line. Yeah. One could be whitewater rafting. One could be a pony. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I like hay bale ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like what? that. You know, and I think, uh, you know, how about some wind vortices and, you know, things shooting out of there? So you oh, like, yeah. you could, like, slingshot your ball off of one of them. Oh. Or you'd oh, get, okay. that's like uh, the mm. game Paper Toss with the fan, uh, and you got to, like, play the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. But, yeah, from a feasibility yeah, if, standpoint, I think you can make it happen. You know, they make artificial waterfalls and wave pools mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know. Oh, they can man. do it. Indoor I mean, skydiving, get one of those big fans out there. Exactly. Yeah, you'll be fine. You know, make sure. Hey, oh my God, you got a whirling air vort, air tornado right in your path. You're gonna have to fade this thing. Yeah, get it done. Mm. The electric bill will be through the roof, but you know, you can you can put it in the annual budget. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Second idea. This is ser- these are this is maybe two ideas that are somewhat related. Um, the first was that this past. Uh, this is what. This is titled "We Need the Professional Golf League." That's that new league that we've heard rumored that they're trying to get all the PGA Tour players to go play in like twenty events around the year, and the reason for that is that the players on PGA Tour have way too much control over what goes on on tour. Hmm. For example, this past weekend, the course was TPC Boston for the, I believe, Wyndham? Wyndham Championship? I think so. And there, on hole, I believe it's hole 12, there used to be a, a, a bunker in the middle of the fairway, but they took it out before this year because the players just, quote-unquote, didn't like it. Okay? Took it out, players didn't like it. No regard to whether this made the course more interesting, whether it would make TV more entertaining. And then the next year, Dustin Johnson goes on to win the tournament at 30 under par. My opinion, they shouldn't have been allowed to do that. Why do these guys get to, get to dictate their course? Um, and so in, in, in saying, like, we need the, P, the PGL, we need, a, we need a league or a, you know, kind of a trophy that these guys are going to go play for even if it's money, like, and then put off all these other their baby and considerations about playing the course. The most interesting tournament this year was the PGA Championship, 
and the players, you know, it's run by the PGA of America. So the PGA Tour has no say into setup or conditions or anything else. They complained all week that there wasn't enough sand in the bunkers. And it was really fun to see the guys kind of like sculling bunker shots across the green. Never see that happen before because they can't have these high spinner shots. Um, I think that's the end of my idea. Well, I think it's a brilliant idea. I mean, you're right. It, it uh, um, when you see 30 under par, to, to me, uh, somebody must be, they must have done marketing studies to say that this is really a popular thing. But it's not even, I don't even, I don't even care that he won the tournament. 30 under par, I mean, that couldn't have been much of a test. I'm, you know, and, 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 or maybe it's just, well, get used to it, you know, because at, at, at this certain kind of golf course, par isn't going to be 70 or 72. It's going to be 66. And so, you know, expect them to, to do that. Uh, uh, but I don't know. It's just not that I- interesting to me to, to, see, um, to see them just throw darts and, you know, to have it be just such a pushover. Yeah. I, I would like to see more you know, like from the media or even like even from the players. Like I would like I would like to know what is the winning score going to be before the tournament happens. Because like I I felt kind of caught off guard this last week with the with TPC Boston because I feel like that golf course in the past has played pretty challenging and uh, can play harder than that. And and maybe you know I didn't get to watch too much of it, but maybe the conditions were softer or there wasn't any wind or some of these changes to it. Who knows? Like there's there's a ton of variables to that, but. 30 under par is just crazy. And and it's fun to have a birdie fest every once in a while, you know, a couple weeks out there. But I feel like over the last five years, there's, there's too many of them. There's too many weeks where 20 under, 19 under, 25 under wins. And it's like, golly, like I, I actually want coming down the stretch, like a couple pars and a, and a bogey would get the job done as long as you avoid the doubles, you know. And But I, but I can see from the player perspective, like playing – challenging golf courses week in and week out where like even par would win you the tournament like that's it's kind of tough to get beat up week in week out for those guys you know so. really for 1.8 million dollars uh, you think it's tough yeah, that's true well maybe it's it's for maybe maybe just uh, you know creating a sense of variety yeah you know if you're viewing one week is like oh boy they really had to then the next week it's like yeah hey 580 yard par fives are just challenging four pars um. which i like that about the majors you know like augusta you're gonna get i don't know what do you think eight eight to fifteen under somewhere in that range you know like a decent decent scoring the u.s open is obviously going to be like extremely challenging and they're going to like hopefully the the winning score is like even par or over the pga is going to be like probably a somewhat of a the most birdie fest like of of the majors and then the british is like spin the wheel and see what you get yeah which is which is cool yeah and i've just heard stories of how the like the pga tour is a non-profit organization designed to kind of serve the players who are on tour themselves so that's why they get so much say in you know the setup and conditions and that they just want it to be as similar week to week as possible so you know like if you're on tour and you're good at these courses like you're going to be able to keep being good at this. Whereas if there's variety, like maybe Justin Thomas isn't as good at British open type courses. Yeah. And so like he would, he as someone who has a lot of say, like wouldn't 
you know, be in favor of that or Tiger Woods or anyone who's in favor of that. Um, but I think what they don't, they miss is that the reason they can make so much money is because of fans. And so if it was more interesting to watch, they would make even more money. Mm-hmm. I don't wonder. Yeah. More variability I think is good. Yeah. More, it's I, more entertaining think, from our perspective. Well, and I, but I, you know, I also think that hard and fast golf courses are, Interesting, because you know when you when you watch the ball, you know skip and roll. I mean, there's a lot more going on than if it just you know lands in the ground like an arrow. And uh, and so I think it takes it takes a lot of interest away. Yes, because spectators, you know, when you if you're watching on television or you know if you're watching in person, you know. Balls in the air on television are absolutely meaningless, right? We're watching the ball sailing through a white or blue background and with no sense of direction or height to the ground. Uh, and so then, it, you know, if it hits, it hits and stops, it's like, you know, well, okay. Uh, but if it hits the ground and goes and there's some interest to its curving and stuff like that, that's, that's, a, that's a good product, I think. Absolutely. It's, it's a great segue to part B of this idea, which is <laughs> the Bandon Dunes U.S. Amateur was the most interesting tournament I've watched in, well, I guess, since the President's Cup at Royal Melbourne. But they're similar places of firm and fast. We got really good golfers making double, making triple bogeys, having to take unplayable lies, losing balls. Um, it was just really, really fun to watch. And so that part of the idea is... No more stroke play. We only should do match play. And second is more golf at cool courses. Oh yeah, Pete, I know you watched a lot. You watched a bit of the the yeah. Bandon. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I agree with you completely. I mean, there are certain golf courses, especially that I think uh, you know look especially cool. And uh, you know when you when you see them on television and I think Whistling Straits is one of them and I think that Bandon is is another I mean when you see that on television that is really an adventure you know and to see these guys these great players challenged by these these shots and these lies and uh, and you know and teetering on the edge all the time because you know like you know we come down to the end and the third shot on the par five doesn't stay in bounds yeah what third shot doesn't stay in bounds i mean wow that is rigor that is a real test of golf there yeah Yeah, i think it's i think it was very cool yeah whereas you get on some of these week in week out tour events you get a hole that looks like it might actually serve a test of oh hey there's a water hazard left of this uh you know left of this fairway and so the the player really has to uh, navigate around that off the tee. But then there's a strip of rough right before the water that, like, stops every ball from going in. It's like, well, that's not even a water hazard anymore because the, even if you hit, like, a ball that's going to roll towards or what should go in the water, it's going to get stopped. And so it's like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. shave that thing down. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah, those yeah. balls go in the water. Right. It makes, you know, because then the players are going to think, uh, you know, miss it right or, or – um, and then maybe have a, a, a more challenging or entertaining shot, not a challenging shot, but more entertaining into the green from the right side, or they got to have a longer second end from the fairway if they, if they want to take it out of play. Or if, you know, they're hitting the driver, great. Freaking, you know, 
Pound, pound it down there, yeah. Last away. Let's well, that's see, what let's you see saw who has the, the confidence this week, you know? Yeah, that's what you saw yeah. in the amateur. I mean, some guys had great confidence, and and uh, you know, it was it was really evident. And I and and let's get to the match play part of it. I mean, really, match play. Is there any doubt that? Now, maybe it needs to just be smattered in there, you know, but it certainly we could stand more of it. Right now there's just, what, one professional tournament, and, mm-hmm. and then there are the, the USGA events that are, that are all, all match play, right? They all have elements of stroke play and match play? Or oh, the USGA. USGA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe, that, I don't know. Not. I mean, there's stroke play for the seeding. You yeah. know, and yeah. then and then it goes, and then it goes, and then it goes from there. So you know, how do you uh, you get a lot of people in to to do the stroke play and seating, and then there's the cut, and you get in, and, and there well, you go. You know what? If if everybody, you know, if if uh, I'd certainly uh, watch more of everybody, seniors, LPGA, if they were playing cool courses. Yeah, maybe that's it more than the match play because. Like you said, the the WGC has match play every year, and I can't remember one memorable moment from that tournament ever. I mean, maybe you guys can, but yeah. like, there's a couple here. I'm never like, oh, remember that time when like didn't Kevin Kisner win? Like, we don't remember. <laughs> you know, we don't tell stories about that awesome time he won. But I think maybe when it's at cool courses where sometimes bogey is enough to win a hole. Or or then on like par fours that are drivable, like you have to make an eagle to win the hole. It's a lot more interesting than, you know, kind of back to our your boring PGA courses where every hole turns into a fifteen foot putt for birdie and whoever makes it is winner. That's not very fun to me. No. Well, it seems like the courses that that do currently have match play, you know, have been great. You know, like Bandon this year, Royal Melbourne last year. Um, I mean, even where the the WGC one is the of the Dell Technologies at uh, Austin Country Club. Like that's a pretty fun golf course oh, yeah. to watch. Very you know? definitely. Uh, so yeah, more more cool courses. How can you, Pete? How could people who are of like different skill levels and they're playing golf together? Like, how would you recommend they play match play? Like, what if it's a group of four going to play around a golf, and it's everyone's a different level you mean how how do you handicap the yeah. the matches yeah well i mean i think that's what the the handicap is about i mean uh, the handicap is meant to you know in in slope um it's meant to uh, equalize uh matches between players of different abilities uh, where there would be the 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 greatest statistical gap between them so your number one handicap hole is not the hardest hole in the golf course. It's the place where there's the biggest difference between a scratch player and a bogey player. Huh. And so, uh, so you just, you know, I, I think subtract off of, you know, the, the lowest handicap, the lower handicappers handicap. So if a six and a 14 are playing together, the 14 gets eight shots. But it's, you know, it's been argued the other way. That they should just get their shots where they fall, yeah. But um, you know, if you were equalizing, let's say, if if any tournament committee was, let's say, handicapping a field and said, "Hey, these pros, you know, based on their stroke averages, 
um, we're going to handicap them. So then it would just be, you know, the shots where they fall. The first, if you get two shots, it's on those two holes. Those two holes, sure. You could argue it another way, though. I don't... I've been I've played in like in leagues before with shots and it's like if I you know this is in high school if I I was maybe like five six handicap and then you play against someone who's like a thirty six handicap and they just get all these shots on all these different holes and it just wasn't it wasn't that much fun to me to play maybe just because well, like yeah that guy who's thirty six is gonna make a couple of pars you know maybe and then he like just made an eagle or a hole in one it's like well. Well, there's, you know, there's 36s and there's 36s. You know, when I was, when I first <laughs> got in the golf business, you know, we had guys that uh, just loved to go to these pro-ams. And it was just uh, club professional type pro-ams, guys that are, you know, as good as you guys. And um, and we'd go to Palm Springs or this this place, Tucson, this place or that. And, um, and there'd be like, uh, it would be a two best balls over 54 holes or something like that. And the guys always love to take, um, you know, the big hitters that were, you know, like Kyle Schwarber. Mm-hmm. You know, Schwarber's hitting 230 and probably always will, but but he'll get you some dingers, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we'd take Joe McCarthy instead of Bernie Borst because Bernie would shoot the, the same score that Joe would with – Couple 16 bogeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure. so at any rate, you know, you can get the handicap. Uh, handicapping is, is something that should be done by the league and by committee, you know, and, and it's meant to be a good statistical tool. But when uh, handicap committees, when they find that there is a, a case where they're creating poor matches like they did with you, that they change the handicap. They award the, the 36 or the 6. They award them a different handicap. Oh. So just you just got, you were says, in an early lead, yeah. were they? All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay. My last idea. This is my favorite one. Um, it starts with this. The Masters, the winner of the Masters has to keep wearing the green jacket for all following events until the next Masters in competitive rounds. <laughs> can you go get it altered? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So that's Let's a great see. question. How can we, yeah, how can we? We, can, we? we can't play in the summer. We have to play over in Northern Ireland. <laughs> we're going to, so there's going to be a, there's the, there's the green jacket. That's a traditional green jacket. But then they'll have another one that's like a copy that's that looks the same. But this is out of a kind of a Nike dry fit material. Okay. Ah. So it looks the same, but it's it's breathable. It's moisture wicking. Maybe even has some cooling properties. Uh, you know, I think they they've been putting silver into fabric to make it you know not not odor the same. Uh, so it could have all these different things. It could have uh, you know it could be you know stretchy enough for for arms to be able to swing and everything like that. And, I mean, can you just imagine, then you're at a tournament and you just see a guy, you know, there's one guy walking down the fairway in a green, a green coat. Everyone would know. Like, that's, that guy won the Masters last year. That's the Masters champion. Yeah. Right there. So what are you giving him, a big selection of slacks, different color slacks to wear with this green? Well, well, maybe we let him wear shorts if he wants. 
because, you know, they're not allowed to wear shorts. So, like, to keep them a little cooler. Because he's wearing long sleeves while other guys wearing short sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you certainly know who he was. That's for... And then it would be a problem because it's like you win the green jacket and then you don't really, yeah, doesn't right. come with it. It doesn't, it's all right, it's gone. It's in your closet. Yeah. Maybe you, wear, you see a picture of them wearing it out to dinner once or twice a year. But I'm saying every tournament, they're wearing that green jacket and walking around with it. It would be a moment. I mean, Patrick Reed definitely would have loved to do that and, you know, rub it in everyone's yeah, faces he probably, yeah, he that would. he won the Masters. Spieth would have worn his. Well, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> All right. I'm, you guys didn't love this idea as much as I, I thought. I mean, what's the downside to it? Sweat. You're, you're promising a lot out of this material. But he's. Well, but here's, you're still the Masters champion, though. Like, I it's feel the like highest this is, prize. Here, here's where I, where I question it. So if you win the Masters, it's the first major championship of the year. Okay. Yes. Sort of takes you out. It takes you out of the majors to come for the rest of the year. So what do the other major champions have to do when they win? Well, that's a good question. We'll get to that. Okay. It's not, but but I don't, you're, you're looking at this the wrong way, okay? <laughs> we Americans, we, we, we like invented like the Tesla. Maybe. I don't know if Elon Musk is American. But like if people, if we put our minds to things, they can come up with some pretty good innovations, so I don't think you should discount that like this jacket <laughs> won't be playable. Well, uh, you know Harry Varden. Golf. Harry Varden, you know, invented his his clothing back in the day. They called him, you know, the stylist, and the reason was because he he invented the jacket that he oh. wore, yeah. the jackets that he wore. Yeah. You know, so that to your point, Andy. So, so no, I you know I think there's I'm gonna now that Varden has come into my mind, I'm gonna. Stop poo-pooing your, your idea. Thank you. Yeah, so just assume it's completely functional. Maybe makes you a little bit warmer, but even still, there like Pete, yeah, I've seen you wear those sleeves for the sun, yeah. right? So there's people who wear long sleeves in the summer now. It's becoming like true. more and more popular. Um, especially, you know, different different countries where it gets even hotter, they wear long sleeves. That that I've just got a hoodie from free fly apparel it's made for fly fishing it's very lightweight it's designed to kind of keep the sun off but keep you cool so i think we could make a version of the green jacket that's the same way um i just think if you're winning that and then you get to show it off like yeah i also think you're discounting the fact that if if only one person is allowed to do something and everyone else is like forbidden from doing it it makes all those other people want that thing a lot more Good point. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. even though while it seems a little goofy at first, when, once it's actually in play, it would make everyone would like really want that to be That's done. That's the Masters champion. Yeah. yeah also, we, a lot of players that. like players get paid extra if they're shown on TV more um, mm. by their sponsors, like more exposure. So if you're the Masters champion, that would get you even more exposure than normal because of like, hey, let's like check in on this guy. He's, you know, he's wearing the green jacket. Like that'd be something... You know, each day the broadcast would cover him and talk about him a yeah. little bit more mm -hmm. just because it's a little bit goofy. Well, you know, I like uh, I like all the major champions wearing. Yeah, I do too. Wearing them. You know, I mean, come on. You've got green, you got gold or yellow, oh. you got whatever. Okay, different color for each. Yeah, so you know. So, Maroon. So, <laughs> so my idea that so in addition to this, it was that the the trophy 
would somehow be wearable or functional for the four majors. So, like, the green jacket is so iconic. That would be a good one to wear. But, like, if you just were like, hey, the U.S. Open winner is going to wear a, you know, a blue jacket, I, I think you'd get a little more push. There's nothing, there's not history to that. People wouldn't do it. Um, so I saw a video of there's this golf course in Oregon where they have uh, goat caddies where there's, like, a goat, and they found this, like, backpack that fits clubs on each side of the goat, and the guy can pull the goat along. So it was, like, the PGA champion, he still gets his caddy, but then his caddy gets a goat caddy that he just a goat that carries the clubs for him for the rest of the year. So, one, great for the kids. They come out to the tournament. They're going to want to find the goat. There's one goat petting out there. Zoo. Yeah, petting zoo. They can maybe pet the goat. Um, but again, we get more exposure for the PGA winner. Uh, he gets this caddy. It's pretty fun. It's, it's pretty cool. The caddy himself's happy because he doesn't have to carry the clubs the rest of the time. Um, well, I think that, I think the goat should have to carry the trophy, the trophy you and know, the so clubs, see the, the wanna trophy. Oh, okay. The Wanamaker wobbling its way up the fairway for, cause then you get to see that massive Wanamaker trophy all the time. Hmm. You know, right in front of you. There's the PGA champion. You know, yeah. I think you ought to have a burrow. I think a donkey and a burrow to me. <laughs> a burrow? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then they, they can keep each other company. Wait, so you know, a so donkey, donkey and a goat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so your issue, hold on, your issue with my idea that the PGA champion gets a goat caddy is that the goat will get lonely, and so we need to get him a friend. <laughs> I think you'd find he'd be happier. Okay. <laughs> Especially if the donkey was, you know, carrying his load, his weight in the thing, you know. So I think the water maker, you know, on a saddle. Okay. And then the, you know. So the PJ champion. You can see the two. two of them nuzzling and <laughs> playing tag. All right, solved. I think. Then you need a whole crew following that group for the day to pick up all the droppings. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's it'd a, be it'd just be like fine. playing over it's an in Scotland. You know, yeah, there you That's go. What, you know, Royal Dornock. They, uh, it was, uh, you know, how they saved the town was the, uh, the golf course and the cathedral got together and said, hey, you know, we need to make this a tourist destination for rich Englishmen and Scots. And so, so they had the village commons was, you know, the, down by the golf course where they grazed things. Well, when they had, you know, people coming into town for the weekend, they had to shoo all those animals into the pens and, you know, do a little tidying up. Mm. So, you know, there's just... There's precedent. It's all, yeah, it's all just, they're just eating grain and grass. I mean. no. <laughs> yeah, so that leaves, I mean, that leaves two majors that would still need a, tr a trophy. I know it's hard to come up with these ideas, so. Yeah, the Claire well, Jug, I I, Claire Jug, you could come up with something pretty cool, I think. That's, yeah. a, I, that's like the most iconic trophy. Yeah. Also, like the Claret Jug, maybe they just have, like, that's the water bottle they have to use throughout the year, like. I'm surprised someone hasn't done that. Oh, you yeah. Know, instead absolute, of pulling yeah. just your normal water bottle out of your golf bag, can you imagine if Shane Lowry's caddy zipped open that big caddy bag, pulled out the Claret jug. He's got some you go. Fiji water in there with some ice. He's just drinking out of it. Well, I like that. But, you know, I kind of think that the, you should have someone in costume uh, <laughs> following him with the Claret jug. I mean, like, you know, the pictures of the... 
the guy in Muirfield, Scotland, you know, who's he's got the red long <laughs> coat on and the <laughs> long wig and, you know, he's like, got the three-cornered hat and he's got this long hockey-looking stick. I think, you know, with the British Open especially, which has, you know, that kind of history uh-huh. of the game, I think that he's just part of the posse. So what is he, like a, a jester? <laughs> well, I would say he's more of a, of a, you know, he's more on the mental coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> but what does he look like? He looks like a jester. No, well, no, he looks like, you know, uh, a 17th century, you know, English lord. Okay. This well, is you slow. can say I, I jester it. if you want. <laughs> coach. This is slowly I, turning that the Masters champion is ac- is actually now at a disadvantage because all, all these other have a full person. entourage yeah. following them yeah. on the course. Yeah. Well, and he, now, oh, you just get this jacket to wear. Yeah, you get, <laughs> you well, maybe we could get uh, Clifford Roberts and, and Robert Jones lookalikes. Wow. <laughs> For the... To, you, know, they could get, you could resurrect the old... The old... Uh, you know, well, the I, well I like team. the idea. I mean, I like the idea OB that it's kind of unique. I like it that it's so uh, the British Open, they get a 17th century British lord. The, you know, the Masters champion, they get the jacket. PGA, they get these two animals that are friends. And then the U.S. That just leaves us the U.S. Open. Hmm. Yeah. Don't you get a medal when you win the U.S. Open? Like, like something that looks like a... I know you get one for the USAM, but you can't play. You can't play in a medal. It's the same issue we've had with name tags in our classes. Like if that's hanging yeah. down there around your neck, it's too hard to swing. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll just we'll come back to we'll that one in the next we'll episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got to figure out, you know, what's apropos. What's, what what historically is, um, you know, seems like like we can get it to resonate. Yeah, this is good. Back to the drawing board. Maybe some way they get like the the key to the sprinkler system. So since American courses, as we've been talking, are really just like slow and boring and overwatered, they they could just like water it extra for each hole. It's not yeah, you could have some idea, kind of a fertilizer float that that follows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be. Maybe I don't Let's think we quite have the pride to do that one um, by some of the people. So yeah, we'll need to think. You have to think of something. The you know the British Open champion would be so proud to have this. Yeah, Lord, following them around, carrying the trophy, and carrying the trophy. Water, yeah, so. I, I know it. I know it. Well, you know we've got some characters, some some wonderful characters in American golf that we could, you know, resurrect right. from Walter Hagen and. Jones and or how about like the the maybe this is so simple it's maybe too simple but is there anything more American than just like a golf cart they don't even <laughs> exist in Scotland so like the U.S. Open winner he just gets a golf cart and that's it's it. red white and blue obviously it's red white and blue yeah. he just he takes a cart for the year well, I think that's great it's yeah. unique. Yeah, I think he should be traveling with the president, some sort of a, you know, a character. Oh, Trump would a, love that. Would, he would love yeah. to drive that golf here's, cart here's, around. Yeah, yeah. Here's the, or, you know, here's, maybe it's just a blow-up toy. <laughs> the pres- or the golf cart that looks like the presidential limousine. Okay. Yeah. That they, I think they call it the Beast or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. 
And then right. the, the president is waving. Yeah. <laughs> I think you we know? solved it, guys. Yeah. Well, Golf you know cart, yeah. donkey, jacket, jester. Jester. <laughs> you said it. Um, I better stop before this gets <laughs> any further off the rails than it's off. been. Um, guys. Your quicksand bunker. Uh, <laughs> a way to tie it together. <laughs> Great way to end. Uh, guys, thank you. It's a pleasure as always. Yes, Everyone it else, is. We'll talk to you next time. Great. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment.